0: big thank you to Myra Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places You can find out more about Myra Green and her music at MyraGreen.com Or pop on to my own website BonnieTours.com and follow her story from there Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Passing Places If you're a regular listener, welcome back And if you're new to Passing Places, I say every week it's my personal diaries of my travels around Scotland Now in this week's episode I want to talk about the hills around the Glasgow area in particular but before we get into that and I've got a few bits of audio for you I wanted to give a couple of quick shout outs. I wanted to thank Rob Grant for his photographs of Balmaha and Loch Lomond. He placed them on the Passing Places Facebook group and if you remember last week's episode I was talking about East Loch Lomond side and one of the things I mentioned was the possibility of Climbing up Conic Hill. So I also wanted to give a quick shout out to my young nephew, Dominic Scullion, who is organising a charity fundraising walk up Conic Hill in the next few weeks. And he's looking to raise money for the Teenage Cancer Trust. So you'll find a little story on the Passing Places podcast group. And if you'd like to support Dominic and his colleagues from the body shop, you can follow the link from there or if you uh, jump on to Indigo, Indiegogo, sorry, Indiegogo.com and in the search box just type in the Teenage Cancer Trust, his appeal will come up. I think he's raised a couple of hundred pounds just now already, but uh, it would be great if he could reach his target in the next week or so. So good luck, uh, Dominic, and maybe we can get you on Passing Places and you can tell me all about your conversion to hill walking and wandering around Scotland. And finally, last weekend, I was up in Oban. If you remember, I'm doing this little web design business to bring in some pennies to support my lifestyle and the podcast, etc. And I was up seeing the owner of Invercloy Guesthouse. I've created a new website for her over the last few months. And we were just updating the website and discussing all things technical. And in conversation... I was talking about the podcast. So long story short, I've got a little offer for anybody who is thinking about a holiday up near Oban uh, during the rest of this year. If you want to jump on to com, which is our new website, and you book a room whilst you're in the booking page, there's a little box that says additional information. And if you type in their passing places, Fiona, who's the owner, will quite happily provide you with a Complimentary bottle of wine on your arrival, so just a nice little gesture. So, as I say, Open is a really popular um, destination for people, particularly through the summer months, and it's an ideal stop-off point for visiting most of the islands off the west coast. And accommodation is at a real premium, particularly during the summer months. So, if you're thinking about that as part of your plans for this year, it's certainly recommended that you book your accommodation as early as you can because I've been through Open a number of times in the past and it's just no room at the inn. So have a look at Guest uh, Guesthouse and the web address is stayinopen.com stayinopen.com and as I say if you book type in passing places into the booking form and you'll get a free complimentary bottle of wine and some fantastic hospitality as well as great accommodation. So a few episodes ago I was talking about how popular sailing on the Clyde was or paddle steamers and how Glaswegians used to go down the water for the day or for their fair holidays. And people of all walks of life through to the rich used the steamers as part of their Grand Highland tour. So as well as all the steamers, if you go back to the 1930s when Glasgow was a huge industrial landscape landscape, it's such a, a beautiful location in terms of the hills nearby that many of the people, the Glaswegians, used to take the opportunity at the weekends. Now, this is before your televisions and your package holidays to Spain and your retail temples of supermarkets and uh, shopping malls and all this sort of thing. And they used to take to the hills on foot by bicycle, by bus, train, and even by the boats and steamers. And they would often just go up to the local hills. And if you look at the map of Glasgow, immediately behind Glasgow heading west is the Campsie Fells. And I found myself up there during the week. So I've got some recording for you of my wonders around the Carn Valley. But I was reminded of one of the most famous people from the 1930s when he started his walking was uh, Tom Weir. Now if you're Scottish you'll remember Tom Weir. Had a very popular programme on STV, on Scottish television, through the 70s. And Tom was born in Springburn and he was one of these young working class lads who everywhere he looked he could see the hills and he had a passion for nature and getting out walking. And I think there's a little cairn down at uh, Clacknack Campsie. I think he used to take the bus down to Clacknack and then walk up into the Campsies. And from there he took on all the various places in the highlands, and he became, a, a I suppose, a very well-respected international mountaineer. He was one of the, the first people to visit many of the peaks in the Himalayas, and as well as a mountaineer, he went on to photography, and I think he had a regular slot in the Scots magazine for many, many years, 50 years or so. But He's probably most famously remembered for his programmes on Weir's Way. And he died in 2006. And he lived in Garthaharn for quite a bit of his later life. And there's a little hill there called, well, we call it the Dumpling. I think it's called Dinkraen. And it's a hill that I often go up. In fact, if you go onto YouTube, I've got a video of Loch Lomond. eh, A run rig song with a video of Loch Lomond. And the entire video is shot from the top of the Dumpling. So as I say, Tom Weir died in I think 2006 and he must have been in his early 90s and he's buried in the little church between Gart Harn and Drimmen uh, Kilmarnock Church and he really without even thinking about it he had quite an impact on me because his programmes were going out when I was when I was a teenager and I used to watch Weir's Way and in more recent years I've revisited the series on YouTube now there's a group on Facebook I think Tom Weir is finally getting the... Well, he had recognition during his lifetime, to be fair, from the uh, John Muir Trust and others. But there's a campaign to erect a small statue on Loch side. So if you go onto Facebook if you're interested in the story and you can see the sculpture, the plans that they have for a statue and their fundraising efforts. Now, I spoke to some of the people in the group probably some months ago now and I'm still thinking, or we talked about the idea of doing an episode with somebody who knows a lot more about Tom Weir than I do, so that's something that's uh, on the sidelines. It'd be great to have an episode where we could talk more about Tom Weir. He had such an amazing impact on not just working-class people, but people across Scotland, his passion for Scotland and the great outdoors. And it's sad when thousands and thousands of people used to escape the city and take to the countryside, and now you just see people so preoccupied with modern day living. Um, that's, uh, that's my take on it anyway. So I was up in the Campsie Fells, one of uh, Tom Weir's probably early haunts when he was out walking. So I have got some audio from the Carn Valley. Now the Carn Valley lies between Stirling and Kilsyth. And if you look at your map of Scotland, you see the Campsie Fells and You'll see where the location is. But let's have a, a quick listen to my audio from the Carn Valley. Will you join me at the Cairn Reservoir in the Carn Valley and I'm just looking south to the Kilsyth Hills to give you some idea of where I am. Kilsyth and Kirkintillock are just over the hills there a few miles and they're on the west side of the sort of greater Glasgow area and the Kilsyth Hills merge with the Campsie Fells, the Campsie Hills which is the main range the Fintry Hills at, uh, further to the, the west there and I suppose the Garganock Hills are just over behind the Fintry Hills so there's three or four groups of hills I suppose you could roughly call them the Campsys. and they're so handy for people living in the central belt Uh, 15 minutes, half an hour for some people, just to pop in the car and come up and enjoy this uh, I suppose wilder landscape. Hills are probably up to 1,500 1,800, 2,000 feet that sort of level and I'm just looking up uh, towards the Meikle Bin which is a great hill as a starter, hill walk if you're unfit or new to hill walking, you could be up the top of the Meikle Bin and back and Perhaps two to three hours. And the weather today is a grey overcast day, quite low level cloud, and there's tiny little pockets of snow lying around in some of the higher areas. And I'm just also not- noticing the, the number of uh, wind turbines that are now appearing on these hills, And some people like them, some people loathe them. A lot of people describe them as a blot in the landscape. Scraven was really ugly. But you only have to stand here and have a good look around and see that this whole area, like the wind turbines, is pretty much a man-made environment. It's agricultural land, so we've got intensive sheep farming, which means that all the hills are are grass. There's no evidence of any broadleafed trees. You get the odd silver birch, round tree here and there, but in the main, these hills are completely different to, to how they would look if they weren't grazed by sheep. And then of course the Cairn Reservoir itself, it's I think it's about a thousand acres it takes up. And when they flooded the valley, I think it was completed in nineteen thirty-nine, it's quite a huge man-made reservoir and quite an impact on the the scene as you look down the Cairn Valley. And then the other thing, the obvious thing is just everywhere you look that isn't grass. It's swath upon swath of conifer plantation. So the whole area has the footprint of people. Very, very intensive changes to environment over the years. But as I say, if you want to escape people, go out and enjoy a bit of hill walking. And just walking around some of the forest tracks and plenty of areas for mountain biking. And the Carn Reservoir is, I think, a very good fishery. From memory, the trout season probably starts around, I think it's the middle of March, 15th, 16th of March. And on a reservoir that type of size, you really are talking about mainly boat fishing, I think. And you can hire a boat for the day for, I think for two permits, you can pick up a boat with an outboard and fuel and life jackets for probably less than 50 quid for two people. So the fishing will be underway in another month or so. And I've just been walking the dog along the the early part or the low part of the the Meikle Bin. So I'd say it's quite cold. It's about four degrees. So still very cold, and when the wind blows, it's bitter. So maybe one day the spring will come. We don't have the floods that uh, they have down south, but the, res- the reservoir is absolutely full to the brim. As I was coming in from the Cairn Bridge Hotel end, you can see the the overflows. I suppose that's the east end of the reservoir and there's uh, a lot of water coming off the top of the reservoir and the banks, you can see the the water level is up and amongst some of the, the odd uh, broadleaf tree that's managed to survive on the banks of the, the reservoir, so as I say, a great place to come if you're local. You can come up through the Carn Valley and head on to Fintry, which is quite a nice little village. Head over to Kippen, which takes you into the Gargunnock Hills. And I think, from memory, Kippen used to have the largest vine in the world. One of these private estates who grew this vine, obviously within a, a greenhouse, and uh, around about 1,900 or so. And the vine became so large it took up four huge greenhouses it was measured in something like 400 or something square metres and uh, no longer there now but uh, Kippen's a nice little place as well and I could go that way, I could go down to Vintry and then up over the hill into Kippen and back down to Stirling but just as I'm standing here at the reservoir there's also little tiny single track road will take me back over the hills and a very much shorter route will take me back over to Stirling. And that's the way I'm going to go. I've often been up here on my previous years on my bicycle and also on the Triumph Bonneville. So the snow level is, is high. There's little pockets of snow, no ice around so this is a slightly higher level route back but I'm going to go up here and the reason for that is there's a, I think it's called the Earl's Burn, there's a nice little burn a couple of miles up the road with a very deep pool and a waterfall and it's very popular with particularly teenagers locally who make the, the long walk-in from places like call Scythe. There's a heron just flying over. And uh, I've seen two or three buzzards already and a kestrel flying alongside the car. Uh, not so long ago, so last year I was up here, I saw, I uh, can't remember the name of the other reservoir down, uh, well there's an the North Third Reservoir, but there's another reservoir, and I was watching the osprey fishing, that was last year, so I suppose there's plenty of life around, and I was just saying about this uh, pool, great little place and a nice day for a picnic, not far from my house. And if you got there and there's no teenagers making a racket, it's a nice place to stop for an hour or two. So maybe stop off. The waterfall should be plenty of water in it, given the amount of rain we've had. I'd imagine the hills are pretty saturated, and given the reservoir's are absolutely full, I'd imagine the, the waterfall in the Earl's Burn should be in good form today. So that's what I'm planning to do next. I'm getting cold, standing out here in the breeze and uh, we only went for a walk for about an hour but I can feel my fingers and my toes are freezing so I'll speak to you shortly I'll nip up this little single track road and pass the wind turbines and see what the Earl's Burn is looking like Well I'm up at the Earl's Burn now and it's a bit more inhospitable up here there's snow on the ground and I'm just walking up towards the the pool and I can see the the water coming over the waterfall, very brown looks like dirty tea and the pool is absolutely full plenty of water in the river and I'm up at the snow level now so I think I said last week I was missing the snow and we were rewarded during the week there with just a little bit of snow not too much but uh, we very quickly disappeared at lower levels so the audio might become unbearable as I get near this waterfall but this is where people come up for swimming and there's some rocks above the pool must be a 15 foot jump from the top of the rocks into the pool a very small pool in terms of the deep part and you couldn't jump in there now because A it's freezing (laughs) but also the the amount of water coming through there you would be be completely uh, knocked about in there I would think the rocks so that's the Errolsburn Pool. And uh, let's say it's a very, very inhospitable day. Very wet underfoot. And uh, a bit windy. And I'm just looking over at the. If I turn my back in the wind, that takes some of the wind noise away. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. Looks like eight wind turbines up there on the hill, all turning away making some uh, green energy Scotland has a very ambitious plan for renewables a combination of wind and tidal and if you remember a couple of weeks ago I was talking about Loch Awe and the Crookhan hydroelectric scheme and the the visitor attraction of walking into the Hollow Mountain and last week they announced that the potential plans to double the hydroelectric capacity at Crookhan the idea being that It would be possible to store a lot of the renewable energy by using it to pump the water back up to an enlarged reservoir. And that would help with some of the criticisms of renewable, particularly wind, because of the fact that it's not a reliable source of energy on its own. But as they say, Scotland has made so much investment in renewables in recent years. So many areas of Scotland now you come across wind turbines. And it's got to be an improvement, in my view anyway, on the coal and gas-fired power stations, never mind the nuclear power stations, which are creating a huge problem for us in terms of decommissioning at Dunray and Hunterson and places. So that's my view on energy policy. I'm pretty sure in the fullness of time will technology will allow us to deal with Tidal energy and there might be some way that these wind turbines can be viewed as a, a temporary blot in the landscape because they they wouldn't be around forever I wouldn't have thought they're, they're not that powerful as individual turbines so I'm sure there's technology at some point in the future when people look back and have a laugh about wind turbines on the hills the other thing that people are concerned about is bird strikes. The number of birds that are being reported as being killed by wind turbines, and it's again a controversial subject, but when I was talking about seeing the, the osprey and the kestrel and even birds like the buzzards, I just wonder if there are real concerns as the number of wind turbines grows, are we going to see the an impact on bird life? So, the burn... In the waterfall I'm half an hour from the central belt millions of people and as I say jump in the car and you can escape the whole thing it's one of the amazing things about Glasgow is just how quickly you can get into the hills go a bit further here into Loch Lomond and then off up into the highlands so freezing not a place to talk for very long but just good to be out and I'll just head back to the car I had to leave skid in the car briefly there because there's too many sheep around here and he's absolutely mad mad for sheep so we'll just go back to the, the car, work really through the snow and now we're into the mud and uh, this is back on the back in the single track road I think we'll head for home and uh, get the central heating on and take it from there it's, I've had enough fresh air for for one day We're coming down off the other side of the hill now on this single track road it's just a cattle grid run over and you know this is lovely views here the North Third Reservoir on the uh, one side of it has crags all along it's much smaller than the Carn Reservoir and it's a rainbow trout fishery as well as a brown trout you know fishing a, a few times. I don't do fishing anymore, but I once caught and lost a monster fish. The one that got away was in the north third. But from where I'm looking now, I could can, I can just see over into Glasgow there a couple of minutes ago. And now as we come down, we're looking right along the Oakle Hills and we're looking at the, the Stirling End, we've got the Wallace Monument and the castle, and behind we the Wallace Monument, the the first or the last of the Oakles is the is Damayet hill that I've been up quite a few times in recent years and I've got a video on, on YouTube if you want to go and look at that but Oakles are a great set of hills for hill walking if you're looking to build up to uh, going up Windrose, that a bit lower, a couple of thousand feet um, well, much higher than that, Kipling, I think but uh, still strenuous hill walking very steep to, to my, it's very straightforward. So that's coming down the side of the north of Reservoir. So if you're out and about in the Glasgow area and you're looking for a day trip, why don't you take yourself up to the Carn Valley? Or perhaps I didn't mention any audio there, but on the edge of the Campsie's, you've got Dumgoyne Hill which is the most distinctive peak as you're coming by the Campses, And directly behind the Dumgoyne you have the highest point, which is Earl's Seat. And you can do both quite easily as a walk over three or four hours. And at the bottom there's the distillery if you fancy a visit and a wee dram to the Dumgoyne distillery. So that's highly recommended. I also have a video of the walk-up Dumgoyne again on my YouTube channel. Just type in Kevin Scullion into YouTube and you'll find the Dumgoyne video. So I'm hoping for an improvement in the weather. In the week ahead I'm confined to barracks on Tuesday. I'm still wrestling with the BT installation of my new fibre optic broadband and as soon as we get that sorted I'll get in touch with people about Skype calls and bringing people on to the podcast. Be great to some other voices but I just wanted to get both the broadband sorted out and I've got a little almost like a studio plan for this corner of the house so I'm going to get stuck into that over the next week or two but hopefully the weather will be better than it has been over the last seven days and I'll manage to get off another thing that uh, came to my attention was on the website the the comments on the individual episodes and on the blog have completely dried up and it's part of the new design it makes the podcast very easy to click all the episodes are there as one click I'll need to put, in fact, I'm thinking out loud here, I've got a a plan, I can just imagine putting a little banner just below the current episode. If you look at the most recent or current episode, it's in a big player above the fold near the top of the page. And really what people need to know is if you click the title of that episode or any of the titles in the boxes below, it takes you to each episode's dedicated page and that's where you'll find the opportunity to comment. So, To comment on the podcast is really uh, an extra click away. So that's where you're probably not seeing the comments. So it'd be great if you manage to get on and uh, leave a comment on the website. And as I say, always jump on to the, if you're used with Facebook, have a look at the Passing Places podcast Facebook group. I'm also still on Twitter, at Bonnie Tours. And I've mentioned my YouTube channel, I also wanted to just give a quick shout out to those people who are using the Amazon um, banners on my website to access Amazon when they're shopping. That's been really helpful over the last uh, month or two, in particular, uh, purchase of a quite a high uh, price ticket item the other day. So that's uh, really helpful in terms of just bringing in some uh, small amounts to help support the cost of hosting the media and the website so thanks again to those who have been shopping on Amazon through bonnietours.com. now finally it's just coming up to the first anniversary of the podcast believe it or not I'll need to double check the dates but I remember it was the last couple of days in February 2013 that I published the first episode so I was just thinking it would be really nice to try and maybe bring in some comments from people so if you would love to, or like to, <laughs> leave a comment or two, or if you've been to about the podcast, if you've been a regular listener, get in touch using SpeakPipe, send me an email. You can get me at uh, feedback at bonnetours.com on the email. Use that SpeakPipe as a say, or Facebook, or comments on the website, or send me a tweet. Whatever way uh, suits you, it would be great to hear from you. And perhaps I might uh, do a little compilation of one or two of the... I suppose, uh, best memories for me over the last year in doing the podcast. And again, today the podcast has gone out a day late. I was sitting last night uh, ready to put it together and uh, it's one of these hazards of living in a, a flat or an apartment. You could hear the boom, 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 boom of the music. And tonight I've got my new equipment running, so I'm hoping it's managed to cancel out the background noise. But there's a gale blowing outside, the wind is whistling in the windows, I've got these big windows so I'm hoping that doesn't come through so I'm going to uh, sign off for now and look forward to catching up with you next week I've no idea where I'll be, other than I'll be sitting here waiting on the BT man on Tuesday so perhaps if you've got some plans for visiting Scotland or if you're in Scotland and you're out and about in your travels at any time in the weeks and months ahead it'd be great if we could if our paths cross, that we could catch up so in the meantime, stay safe and I'll play out with Mary Green's music or composition, Passing Places. Thank you.